Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, boundaries. We understand that our world is defined by boundaries. The farther west you go, the more crosswalks are respected as a boundary. A no trespassing sign, a handicapped parking sign all inform us that boundaries exist here. Some boundaries are social, some are physical, some are legal, some we tend to adjust. We often treat speed limits as five over posted. Some we violate at great physical peril. High voltage will really kill you. Well, in our gospel reading this morning breaks a number of boundaries. It crosses the line. It tells about one who dares to step over, to step over the boundaries we would place on him, ignore the limits we imagine, open doors we long believed have been nailed shut. And he does it for our benefit, and the benefit of many we thought do not deserve it or could not receive it. So this morning, I'd like to take a look at a number of those boundaries and, and how faith deals with them. Boundary number one, the kinds of people to whom Jesus will respond. Some churches place an intellectual boundary around Jesus, as if you have to know certain doctrines before Jesus will call you his own. That a close, personal, devout relationship is the only relationship that Jesus will acknowledge that you must belong to the right church with the right pedigree before you can be assured of salvation, that there is some minimum standard of faith. Well, our gospel lesson this morning shows us two individuals with little and or flawed understanding of who Jesus is. People who approach Jesus not completely understanding what faith in him even looks like. People who appear to treat Jesus as the last resort. When all else fails, what could it hurt? Surely Jesus is not interested in these. Yet both the Jewish synagogue leader and the woman with semi-magical ideas about him, to both of these, Jesus responds positively. Why does Jesus respond like that? Because they came to him. They came seeking help. There was a spark of faith, and that is more than enough. In Jesus' challenging discourse with the Jews in John 6, he says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. They came. They came with poor understanding. They came with their religious medals, their good luck charms, their pious observations, but they came. They came and they got from Jesus exactly what they expected. Jesus' response reflects an openness to those who come regardless of the completeness of their understanding, no matter how shallow or misinformed their faith, even if he is the last resort. Unbelievable? I guess it is to those who would impose limits on his love. Boundary number two. There are limits to Jesus' help. There are those, also today, who say that there are limits to what Jesus can or will do. Some problems, we think, are simply beyond his ability. We question whether he can help my troubled marriage, my wayward child, my alcoholic spouse. The doctor said terminal. What further help can he afford? You know, we tend to think that a problem that's out of our hands is, must be out of God's hands as well. 
That attitude, though, focuses us in on the middle, the sandwich story of earlier of our reading. I characterized her faith as semi-magical earlier, trying to capture the woman's incomplete understanding. But power is clearly the central issue for both her and for Jesus. If I touch even her garment, I will be made well. That's what she thought. And when she does, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? But perhaps the most surprising part of that exchange is Jesus' dismissal of her. Your faith has made you well. So where is the power in that exchange? Jairus, too, saw the latent power in Jesus jump across the gap between himself and his, son, his daughter. With the touch of a hand, a word on his lips, Talithia Kumai, and immediately she arose and walked around. And immediately they were utterly amazed. When someone asks why Jesus troubles himself with this or that problem, we should ask, who else is there that can really help? With Peter, we confess, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Or with St. Paul, he is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Ephesians chapter 3. Boundary number three. Jesus is not to be interrupted. I had a friend back in my boat building days. He was a sailmaker, so we worked together a lot. Pete would call anytime. And every time, it was 30 or 40 minutes, regardless of what it was about. You know the feeling. You're right in the middle of something. Stuff needs to get done. The epoxy is going to kick off in my hand before I get off the phone. They seem to have no concern that we have other things to do, other obligations. In that regard, you and I look a lot like the disciples. They would often defend Jesus' time. Remember when the people brought their children to Jesus and they rebuked them? And they, in turn, got rebuked? Well, that's not Jesus. Jairus seems far from an interrupting pest in his eyes. And he went with him, Mark records. We're tempted to insert a mark in immediately there, but it's not in the text. That's okay. Unfortunately, we can let that do not disturb sign keep us from bringing our problems to Jesus. Why would he want to hear my little complaints? I'll wait until I have a really big problem, then I'll go to Jesus. And that's not Jesus. He refuses to be governed by ideas and standards imposed on him. He's always ready to teach. Yet he allowed Jairus to interrupt. And when the woman with the hemorrhage interrupted, Jesus would not let her slip away. Not until he helped her understand. It is almost as if he invited the interruption so she might learn his true identity. Indeed, he invites all people to receive and to learn. Matthew 11, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants us to come anytime. He's not going to hang up the phone. And that's a big lesson for us in our life in Christ. We're called to a life of faith, a life of service, can we be more open to interruptions, particularly interruptions that offer an opportunity to show Jesus' love to someone else? I hope we can. Boundary number four. Jesus can't respond to every request. 
In both narratives, Jesus individualizes his attention. When the women reach out, Jesus asked, who touched me? The disciples' response was almost sarcastic. You see the situation, don't you? And you ask, what? How could one person be singled out of this crowd? But that's precisely what Jesus does. This woman, this daughter of Sarah, who reached out from behind, seems preposterous that God could care for one. Of all that crowd on that day, this woman, of all the 7.8 billion people alive on the earth today, you. He whom the world could not contain makes himself small enough to enter the loneliness of this one woman. Jesus wants to know what's going on in that relationship. He calls the woman, and she came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Would Jesus punish her? What she had done crossed a number of boundaries. She was ritually unclean, and she had made Jesus unclean by touching him. Even if she were clean, though, to touch a man was considered highly inappropriate in a Middle Eastern context. But that's the point. Her uncleanliness, our uncleanliness, is transferred to Jesus and his healing and restoration to us. We who are sick in sin can transfer that illness to Jesus for his healing through forgiveness, and he, in turn, takes our sin to the cross and dies. It is finished. You are forgiven. But that's not the end. On the third day, he rose victorious. And you and I and this unnamed woman, Jairus and his 12-year-old daughter, and all the saints are saved in his name. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we shall be saved. Boundary number five. The point beyond which no one can go. That was the witness. That was the testimony of the mourners. Messengers came from Jairus' house. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? This is the boundary that even the teacher cannot cross. Dead is dead. While there was still breath in her, there was hope. Jesus ignored what they had to say. Actually, learning to ignore can be one of the finer points of faith. Faith must always ignore the rumor that hope has died. We need to learn this. Otherwise, we can imagine boundaries that Jesus cannot cross. We can get caught up in a fear that Jesus cannot go beyond a certain point to help us. The people did not give up easily when someone crosses the line. They laughed at Jesus. They began to laugh at him to scorn, literally. And why not? What is there on the other side of death that we can know? They laughed, not believing that Jesus could go beyond the limit of death. Jesus threw him out. He literally threw him out of the house and entered the death chamber. And by the power that existed beyond death, the word by whom creation came into existence spoke. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And she did. O grave, where is your victory now? Those who come to Jesus, who take him seriously, who cross the, bound, cross the boundaries of doubt and peer pressure, personal opinions and shame, 
But he, Jesus has commanded Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Those who cross those boundaries will hear the words Jesus spoke to that woman. Son, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This great physician is not just poetic speech without action. This is God reconciling himself to the world. There are no boundaries that Jesus will not cross for his elect for you. You have seen his power and his compassion triumph over hopelessness, fear, ignorance, and death. He comes into the limits of our world and opens possibilities beyond those limits. Faith in this boundary breaker calls us to cross boundaries. Jairus stepped out of the synagogue, out of his role. It was likely the last hope, but he went anyway. Uncleanness did not stop this woman, or the crowd, or the hopelessness of her situation. She went anyway. What boundaries do you imagine in your faith walk? The boundary of appearing foolish in others' eyes? Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. You heard this morning from Matthew 10. The boundary of becoming an outcast? If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you, John 15. Boundary crossing faith implies a journey. Consider Jairus tapping his foot, waiting, only to receive the most dreadful news, your daughter is dead. Only believe is Jesus' response. Only believe is our call to action by the healing medicine of the word and sacraments poured into our hearts. Jesus crosses every boundary to give us life through faith in him. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.